Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You got it. When I heard there was a new book out about January 6th and all that sort of stuff and behind the scenes of the Trump blah, blah, blah. And I thought, okay, is that what the world needs is a new book and more talking about this and everything like that. But it certainly made some news yesterday. Yeah, it did. The the, uh, publishers of the book in the New York Times and the usual suspects were touting the fact that they're reporting that both Kevin McCarthy... And Mitch McConnell spoke favorably of either Trump resigning or Trump being impeached. They were mad at Trump. They blamed Trump significantly for the uh, horrors of January 6th, etc. Then Kevin McCarthy came out and uh, categorically denied it all. Do you have his quotes in front of you? Um, uh... He called the reporting totally false and wrong. Yeah, and, and specifically, he went to the New York Times, which is, you know, a pretty big swing when... Uh... That's not like, 
I don't know, you just told a friend and it leaked out or something like that. He went to the New York Times and said, no, I didn't say that stuff. It's once again the corporate media making up lies, blah, 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 that sort of thing that you hear all the time. And I actually thought he must not have said that stuff or you wouldn't go to the New York Times. And like on his own, he went to the New York Times, contacted them and said, I want to state for the record, I did categorically categorically did not say those things that are being attributed in this new book. And uh, once again, it's a uh, railroad job. And uh, one other reason that it's believable, not only did he go to the New York Times and take a big swing at it, is there's been all kinds of stuff that has been claimed over the last couple of years that turned out to be bogus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, he uh, made those claims that it was all for false and derogatory, blah, blah, blah. And they busted out the tapes of a conference call among the House leadership on, I believe it was January the 10th. But, it you know, it's within a few days of January 6th. And uh, the voices you'll hear include the Californian in question, Mr. McCarthy and Liz Cheney. And uh, then our analysis of it. So, Michael, hit it. Liz, you on the phone? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks, Kevin. Um, I guess there's a question. When when we were talking about the 25th Amendment resolution, um, yeah. and you asked if, if you know what happens if it gets there after he's gone, is is there any chance, are you hearing that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously... Thinking of having that conversation with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. Um, from what I know of him, I mean, you guys all know him too. Do you think he'd ever back away? But what what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to call him. My this, this is what I think. Um, no, it'll pass the House. I think there's a chance it'll pass the Senate even when he's gone. Um, and. I think there's a lot of different ramifications for that. Now, I haven't had a discussion with the Dems that if he did resign, would it not happen? Now, this is one personal fear I have. Um, I do not want to get into any conversations about Pence pardoning anything like that. I mean, the only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation we should resign. Um, I mean, that would be might take, but I don't think he would take it, but I don't know. So again, that's Kevin McCarthy saying he was going to talk to the president, and my take would be this is going to pass, the impeachment articles, Mm -hmm. this is going to pass, you should resign. That was the conversation he was telling Liz Cheney, which is... You know, it's portrayed in the media now like they, uh, they're they sworn enemies on opposite sides of things and everything. But there he was having a quite friendly conversation with Liz Cheney saying, I'm going to go to the president and tell him he ought to resign. So my headline on Which, this, by and- the way, is what was claimed in the book and he said wasn't true. So that was kind of a weird thing that happened. I, I got to throw this in right here just because it's the first thing I thought of and I haven't heard it brought up. Have you heard it explained? Um one, who was taping these phone calls, and two, if you've had access to this stuff that has been discussed now for two years, year, however long it's been, year and a half, why is it just coming out? Do you do you mm-hmm. get to, do you get to hold on to very significant political information and wait until your book comes out to release it? Is that the way we do things? Well, political slash historic. I mean, it's really interesting. Well, yeah, obviously you can. We got 
an email from a listener just a couple of minutes ago saying, so let me get this straight. You're allowed to introduce illegal recordings into congressional hearings if you can claim I didn't record it and I don't know who did. Uh, I don't know of the legality of the recording, but you make a good point. What are you holding on to this stuff for? That's, well, the, to, to back up your book release. And I've said that for years, Bob Woodward books, all kinds of these books that come out that have explosive information that always seems like, you know, this would probably have been pretty important to the conversation like a long time ago. Whoever had this and you were hanging on to it until you could profit the most from it. So... Uh, you're trying to portray politicians as being cynical, but you are hanging on to valuable evidence in the conversation until you could make the most money off of it. So who's exactly. cynical here? Exactly. At the risk of this this something of a tangent getting too long, I think what it means is it's something we already know and a lot of our listeners already know. All their chest banging and impassioned speeches and the rest of it, it's all phony. They don't, they're not impassioned about this stuff. They're a bunch of cynics and the reporters are frequently cynics and the authors are cynics. And, and uh, yeah, they ch- thump their chest and talk about justice and blah, blah, blah. They don't mean it. It's just a posturing. But anyway, to get back to the main thread of the thing, his, uh, McCarthy's idea of going to the New York Times and categorically denying all of it not knowing their tape is, you know, it's a misstep, and it doesn't make him look good. It makes him look like a politician who will just freaking lie to advance his own interests. Uh, I'm a show of hands. Anybody who's shocked by that? Yeah, me neither. Um, my whole reaction to the, the entire thing is I find it completely unsurprising. It's easy to understand. In the wake of the January 6th fracas, everybody with any conscience was pretty upset Hated to see cops being bludgeoned with American flags. It's a disgusting sight. I wish I hadn't seen. Everybody with a conscience was upset with Trump, not trying to calm things down, not trying to tell people, please don't lynch Mike Pence. Okay? As everybody calmed down a little bit, Republican leaders, including Mitch McConnell, who also uh, said to various associates that he believed Trump bore serious responsibility for the riot and that uh, the Republican Party would be better off without him. Mitch McConnell said specifically, according to the book, and they say they have many more tapes, so I don't know if they have this on tape because this, this was at a dinner, and I don't know how you'd be taping a dinner. That's really getting into weird territory. But anyway, Mitch McConnell said this is absolutely an impeachable offense. If this isn't an impeachable offense, I don't know what is. Right, right. So here's the political calculation. And if you think that these guys should have just uh, bellowed those things publicly, come what may, I get that. I think that's a defensible position. On the other hand, a couple of things. Number one, as everybody calmed down a little bit post-January 6th, they were looking at polls that showed a significant part of the Republican electorate was as loyal or more loyal to Trump than they were to the Republican Party. So by turning on Trump openly and and strongly in public, they would be essentially shucking control of the Republican Party into other people's hands, who knows, for, I don't know, a generation or two. Um, And Mm. and maybe you think they should have done that, but I don't know. they probably calculated correctly that, okay, that whole loyal to Trump versus loyal to the Republican Party, that may cool uh, as time passes. 
And so the guy's term is about over. Why don't we just play it cool, let events play out, and then we'll be on to the future. And the second thing is, and yet I think you really have to recognize this. Trump fans, Trump voters, Trump sympathizers like me. I never loved the guy. I'll go on and on about his flaws if you want. But he had a lot of great policies. He did a lot of things right. He was a warrior against the forces of the crazy progressive left in a way that people really, really appreciated. And 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 it's funny. You saw an editorial or two like this, uh, in you know, uh, during Trump's presidency, but then it went away. The mainstream media and the left spent every cent of goodwill they could conceivably have had with conservative America by witch hunt after witch hunt against Trump. False, ridiculous, uh, fictional sins and and, and, uh, consorting with the Russians and all of that forever. And that put anybody whether left, right, or center, in a position of, all right, if you turn on Trump, you're going to be seen by a huge uh, chunk of the electorate as part of that uh, lynch mob, that that Twitter, uh, that uh, that uh, witch hunt mob. And so in the same way that, I mean, if, if your neighbor comes to you every single day and says, hey, your husband's a rotten drunk, I think you ought to dump him. And it's just not true. And then the next day says, yeah, your husband's cheating on you. I saw him with the, uh, the, sc- the, the school teacher. And that's ridiculous. And just every day they come to you with this vicious crap. And then one day they come and say, you know, your husband at the block party got a little drunk and he said some things he should probably apologize for. You're not hearing that from that person. You just don't. You just you shut them off. So after all those years of witch-hunty coverage, you know, Republicans would put themselves in a hell of a position joining the uh, meddlesome lady next door, the mainstream media, and condemning Trump. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I totally understand it. So the decision was made. Let's just let some time pass. Let's let everybody calm down. We'll all get on with running the country. The book is This Will Not Pass, Trump, Biden, and the Battle for America's Future. But the book, you know, claimed what it's claim claims. And McCarthy came out and told the New York Times yesterday, said he'd never had a conversation about calling Trump to say he should resign. And you just heard the audio in which he talked to Liz Cheney, who was number three at the time in the. He was number one and she was number three or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh-huh. You know, obviously you heard the conversation and. I don't know where I am now on the whole politics thing. Like I said yesterday, I just I have I've no use for any of the people. I don't feel like can you be a politician and not be a liar or phony? Is that even possible? I'm not sure you could get elected to anything like beyond a local office without being a liar. I'm just not sure it's possible. See, it's hard to put any stock in any of these people. I believe yeah. a lot in various policies. And, you know, the di- di- direction of legislation and that sort of thing. But the individual human beings, I just don't know. There's so much cynicism to go around in that whole thing. Trump was so unbelievably cynical by sitting back and watching a mob beat police officers to try to go and disrupt a constitutionally mandated vote. And then Nancy Pelosi was every bit as cynical by creating articles of impeachment on purpose that would fail because she wanted him to stay in office 
because she thought he was so easy to beat. So you're on one end, you think he's such a danger to the country, but you think, yeah, but he'd be easy to beat. So we'll let him be president for another year and a half. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the le- that level of cynicism is every bit as high as Trump's. Well, as I was saying last hour, I'm a big Tim Scott fan. My one concern is he's too good a man to run for president. In answer to your earlier question, there are a few, but it's tough. <laughs> I'm asking this to the Twitter to the text line. Can you be a politician at any high level and not lie and not pander? Is it even possible? Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Got a great story about the ridiculous licensing requirements they have in various places around the country. You got to be a licensed this or that to your job. Oh, yeah, yeah. One just got shot down by the courts, thank goodness, but great story on that. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, we mentioned it a couple of times, that Alex in the newsroom, um, who helps us on the show was gone the last couple of days making his professional baseball announcer debut. Alex, what what level of baseball was this? Uh, it was single-A baseball, so the first level of pros for uh, incoming teams. Professional baseball. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah, it's um, good, good ball. One of the uh, one of the big things, it's you know, it's just a small part of really of being a baseball announcer, but one of the big things is your home run call, what you're going to say when there's a home run. And a lot of people become famous for their... Remember Sean, our old producer? My kids call Alex the new Sean, but... Uh, Sean, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Don't put that on me. Denying him his individuality as a human. Hmm. Sean used to say his home run call would be just like Mama's milkshake, and he was going to try to get that to catch on as a catchphrase. <laughs> Never quite understood what that meant. But had you had you put thought into what you were going to say before, or were you going to just let the moment dictate? I was just going to let the moment dictate. Gotcha. I, I'm of the mind to let the game play out and describe what it is. It doesn't need to have the big wow. Oh, look to it. Or, or no, a catchphrase. You're so wrong. It's got to be show busy. It's got to be catchphrase That's so important these days. But uh, So uh, were you pleased with your first home run call no. before we play it? No. I, I'm i my own biggest critic, and I thought I was mediocre at best. What, okay. what would you say if you were calling a baseball game, Joe? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got my home call, run call already. Well, slap my ass and call me Sally. That one's over the fence and into the alley. It's a home run. <laughs> Let me write that down. Hold on. We, my ass. Joe and I have both done play-by-play and know that it's harder than it looks. Oh, uh, if it's you've, way harder than it looks. If you've never done it before. There's a lot to keep track of while you got to talk. But anyway, let's hear Alex doing his first professional home run call. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up no, those pants. Michael. He's- Michael. <laughs> hey, it's not right, I'm sorry. Here, here's the correct call. This one hit deep to right field. They'll turn and look, and this one is gone. Caro turned on a fastball he saw on the inside. Ramirez, all he could do was turn and look as this one went over the 330 sign in right field, and we are tied. Okay, as a hardcore baseball fan, I will say this. It was solidly competent. Uh, Style, you got to work on, but you know that. Very informative. I like that. 
your post-home run description was great. It was really good. As a radio listener, I could really picture the play. So that was good. I mean, you did you hear the call of the of the guy who was watching the baseball game where the pitcher blindsided the runner? Yes, and, I did. And all he said was, uh-oh, oh, no. Oh, my. Oh. And if you're, oh, watching, my. if you're listening, you wouldn't have any idea what was going on. If he just spilled a Coke in his lap or what happened? All right, I got another one for you. Well, bless my suspenders and smear my ears with peanut butter. There's a fan going home with a souvenir. It's a home run. <laughs> what? No? Also good. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Look at the opposition to the mass mandates on public transportation among independents. What do you see? Now the majority oppose it among independents, 55%. Back in December of 2021, it was 28%. The opposition has doubled. Biden and those arguing for mass mandates on planes, they have lost the center. Well, it's, it's polling it is a political issue. It has been a political issue for a very long time. It hasn't been a disease-spreading issue, especially with Omicron. As it's well documented that the masks don't do anything. So, well, I don't, I don't think I disagree just because I think so many people are never exposed to that information because ratcheting up, uh, COVID fear is such a mainstay of lefty media. The decision makers, it's a political issue. That's True. what I mean. They're, okay, they're, they're not deciding on whether they're not because if they, if they were deciding on the science, they would inform their peeps. Hey, you don't need to wear a mask. Here's why. But they're not doing that. They're just, so the polls have gone the other direction, and so we'll see what happens. I thought this was kind of funny. People of a certain sort have really enjoyed posting pictures of themselves on planes in masks. as like you're bravely standing up against something, which is weird to me. Um, they can't make me take off my mask. Uh, nobody's asking you to. Joe you do whatever. And, Wear a freaking gorilla mask for all I care. Joe and Mika on MSNBC wearing their masks on the plane. Okay, fine. So um, dopey. This Dr. So-and-so, whoever she is, she posted a picture of herself. In defiance of the mask mandate removal, I'm double mask and bringing some sass to the airport this morning. All right. Wow, that is such a weird cultural thing. It is. Jonah Goldberg had a funny reply on that on Twitter. In light of the fact that there is still no federal mandate requiring I wear a Viking helmet, I will now wear two at the airport, <laughs> one on my head and one as a codpiece. You can't make me not wear something the government never stopped me from wearing in the first place. <laughs> yeah! Oh, that's a great reply. Well crafted, Jonah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, see, I, I'm bringing some defiance to the airport i'm double masked all right <laughs> fine go ahead whatever <laughs> speaking of Man, health and in, people tire me out anyway speaking of health in a different way this is about the whole licensing thing that we've talked a lot about on the armstrong and getty show and tim sandford tim the lawyer is one of the leading lawyers in america in trying to break down the walls of licensing you know how that works right your industry they come up with a license that you need to have it's basically just to, to keep competition out, com- combined with a government cash grab. But this is what they had going on in Mississippi. This woman, who is a personal trainer, she set up a Facebook site, and she debuted her weight loss challenge. Mississippi, by the way, is the fattest state in America. 
Ooh. So you'd have plenty of participants for this. She had this Facebook thing as a personal trainer um, where it would be one-on-one coaching, a private Facebook page where participants would swap recipes and cheer for each other. And she was charging $99 for her eight-week program. All right, fine. We're like wow. part of a group when we cheer for each other and you pay $99 for it. I think it's dopey, but if you want to do that, feel free. Enter the state health department, reed, reed, which complained reed. that Ms. Harris, the woman with the Facebook page, was working as an unlicensed dietitian, though she was never claiming to be a dietitian. Regulators threatened her with six months in jail and a fine of up to $1,000 in criminal and civil actions if she didn't cease and desist, which forced her to cancel her program, and she had to return $7,000 to people who had signed up for the whole sharing recipes cheering for each other weight loss plan that is obscene and un-american it is both and thankfully the courts agreed uh she uh she took it to court said it was a violation of free speech actually on the age-old topic of weight loss which basically it was you're saying i can't cheer for people and tell them hey you ought to lose weight and here's how you i think you ought to do it the old rules were prohibitive. Mississippi's requirements for dietitians license have uh, have been around forever. We required 1,200 hours of supervised practice and $300 for exams and fees. No, oh, please. If you wanted to tell somebody, how about you eat less carbs and get some exercise? Yeah. Anyway, as it says in the Wall Street Journal, occupation licensing laws are a form of guild protectionism that reduces competition and blocks millions from making a better living. Congrats to Ms. Harris on this victory over petty government tyranny. Indeed. One of my favorite aspects of this, in other words, one of the aspects I hate the most is the so-called, what's the term? It's where you have to demonstrate the need for another one. Like uh, Tim Sandifer, mm. Pacific Legal Foundation, Goldwater Institute have fought this sort of stuff. Where, for instance, in I think it's uh, Washington State and or Oregon, if you want to start a moving company, you have to submit the idea to all the rest of the moving companies. Then they have to say, yes, yes, I suppose we could use another moving company. And, of course, they usually don't. Sure, we'd it's- love more competition that might be better than us. Where do I sign? It's brutally un-American. And... It also exists in the hospital system, where frequently a hospital has to prove that they need another MRI machine or that the community would benefit. And then all the other hospitals say, well, I drive down the price of MRIs. So uh, no, no, the community does not need this evil MRI machine in our little village. Certainly not. And so they can limit the the. Absolutely appropriate and inevitable in a free market supplying of medical services that meet the needs of the people. These these laws are terrible, and they're, again, brutally anti-American. I hate that they exist, and I'm glad that there are people fighting them. Yeah, that one particularly funny. Now, so uh, a couple other stories. I'm looking at the clock. Yeah, we have a little bit of time. Um, I can't decide whether I'm happy that people are speaking common sense or I wish you would shut up. This is a Democrat Latino uh, state senator, I think she is, or former state senator, um, whose act I know somewhat, Gloria Romero, she's a Democrat um, from East L.A., California. And she is speaking loud and proud, saying today's party, the Democratic Party, is complete tokenism run amok. We're nowhere near the values held by many voters, and we've gone in a different direction since uh, Barack Obama won in 08 and 2012. 
Uh, the coverage of her comments includes the fact that Biden's approval rating among Hispanics down to 26 percent. I mean, if you're a Republican activist or, 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 you know, politician or whatever, priority number one, I would say right now, start making inroads into the Hispanic community, which Jack and I have said for ages is so naturally a conservative constituency. Um, family and, and, the, and church and hard work. Yeah. And, uh, what's really interesting is that. Hispanic people, and, and they vary from, you know, Cubans to Venezuelans to Mexican Americans, whatever, uh, you know, it's calling all of those people Hispanics is merely an effort to put them in a political herd so they can more easily be controlled. All right. So it's, it's, to me, it's demeaning as, as popular as it is. I think it's dumb. But as long as we're talking about so quote unquote Hispanics, uh, they don't think open borders are a good idea at all. Not at all. There's a small, loudish coalition of Hispanic people who preach that stuff. And because the mainstream media constantly amplifies it and pretends there's not another point of view, I think a lot of people start to get the idea that um, that all Hispanic people think that way. But it's not true at all. And this uh, Gloria Romero character went on to say, we're looking at the economy. We're looking at approaches to immigration. We're looking at language. My God, here in California, among the Latino community, we not only celebrate Mother's Day, we celebrate two Mother's Day. And the whole birthing people lingo doesn't cut it for us. And we're a very entrepreneurial people. So, yeah, the whole don't say woman, say birthing people uh, thing falls on deaf ears in the Hispanic community. And I'm glad to hear it. I got a question for you. Sure. Because I was just watching the video. Happened at SFO yesterday on a JetBlue flight. Guy asked Mike Tyson for a picture. I don't know what he said to Mike Tyson. Maybe he said something he shouldn't have said. Have you already badgered him for some time? Yeah. Regardless. Mike Tyson beat the crap out of him. I mean, if you've seen the video, Mike Tyson is just pummeling the dude. Uh, Do you sue in that situation? Uh, Yeah, probably, I guess. Why? Well, if if I'm, like, actually hurt, well, because I feel like there ought to be a punishment exacted, I guess. Uh, Plus, I could buy a new car. (laughs) (laughs) So for the money, you're willing to say that? Because he's rich. uh, it depends. If I thought he was really in the wrong in attacking me physically, yeah, I might, uh, I might go for some sort of civil settlement. Would you? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I'd have to think. Guy about just it. goes crazy in public and beats the hell out of you, and you just uh, you'd let the law deal. Yeah, with Yeah, I think though there are laws, yeah. and he is he's in trouble. He is going to be dealt with that way. I don't know. Yeah, but if I don't if, think so. if if he's punished, I mean, I'm glad, but I that doesn't. I wouldn't, Make me whole is the legal system. I said. wouldn't want to have to spend a penny on my own medical stuff because you beat the crap out of me. Right. <laughs> Certainly that. But uh, I don't know. I just I have a feeling this guy is going to have a lawyer get a hold of him and he's going to claim that, you know, he can't fly anymore or or eat without a, a you know, a psychologist handy or something like that. And, <laughs> and therefore need many, many millions of dollars. I suppose there's something in between not suing at all. And, you know, really swinging for the fences with some bogus, I'm damaged for the rest of my life. Although, while Mike Tyson was pummeling me, I would think I might die here if somebody doesn't get him off me. Because he's a crazy yeah. person and yeah. one of the world's greatest boxers. Yeah, well, I'd sue him for one of his tigers, maybe. I've always wanted a tiger. Give me Ever a since tiger. that Tiger King show, it made it seem like a really good idea to have <laughs> a wild animal as a pet. <laughs> All I want is one of your tigers. 
<laughs> and I get to pick it. Don't give me some sort of tail end tiger, some sort of sucky tiger. Excuse me, tiger. So the guy was badgering him? Is that yeah, what he read? was like... Uh, Tyson, well, no, I saw the video. The guy was, uh, Tyson was in the seat in front of him, and this guy's like badgering him for uh, an autograph, and he's like leaned over the seat in his in Tyson's ear, mm. just like jabbering at him. Now, whether he decided, <laughs> whether he deserved the two-fisted beating. Well, he doesn't deserve a, no. a beating. No. And, and, if you're and, famous, that just comes with the territory, and sometimes it's very annoying. And ask the uh, stewardess to ask him to sit down. But, uh, yeah, he decided to pummel him instead. <laughs> I mean, like, really, just like like I said, for a moment there, I would be thinking, I'm going to die here. Yeah, although, you know, he was uh, bloodied somewhat. Although, if you really watch the video, Tyson's leaning over an airline seat. The guy's covering up, and the guy next to the, the victim is is trying to restrain Tyson. So it's not like you, you were getting a center of the ring, three punches in your unconscious, classic Mike Tyson knockdown the, moment. The other guy who tr- who gets in the way and tries to stop it, do you jump in the middle of a Mike Tyson beating a guy fight? <laughs> <laughs> He's a crazy person. Yeah, it's either uh, courageous or stupid. Yeah. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gonna. 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 Means going to. Um, (laughs) Oh, uh, so back to politics for a second. A politician really impressed me. Saw it on some of the talking head shows. Uh, This guy's got a bright, bright feature. A guy from Florida talking about the whole Disney uh, controversy Mm. there. Ought to get to that at some point. Yeah, that's a hot topic. That is definitely a hot topic. And uh, some of the latest from Ukraine... How is this thing going to end? Does it end? Does it end in our lifetimes? Who knows? There's no agreement between North Korea and South Korea. They just kind of stopped and drew a line. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got more on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Strong and Getty Show. So CNN Plus had had canceled their advertising days ago. I'm in the business. If you didn't see that coming, mm. you're just you don't deserve to be working in in the business. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, speaking of the business, Mike Tyson giving a guy the business on the airplane. Uh, we've had some people write in, hey, I heard this, I heard that. Yeah, Mike Tyson's people are saying the guy threw a water bottle at Tyson. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't care. I'll let the uh, San Francisco <laughs> PD figure it out. Uh, I think everybody's probably going to be okay. So I'm watching the newses last night, and uh, we've been talking about the Florida situation where Florida is going to revoke uh, Disney's special exemption to run their own megalopolis and not pay as many taxes, manage their own environmental stuff, their own fire department, that sort of thing, which Disney uh, has estimated saves them tens of millions of dollars a year, um, a tremendous amount of money. Um, and uh, evidently, uh, the the governor, DeSantis, who's a little busy, is sending out his guy, Chris Sprouls, who is the speaker of the Florida Assembly. Um, and he was talking about why they did it and the result of it. And I thought, number one, this guy's really sharp. And number two, he's right in what he says. Clip 60, Michael, 6-0. 
You know, there have been governors who've kowtowed to corporate, corporate actions. This happened to us last year in the Florida legislature. We came out with a, the bill to protect women's sports. The NCAA came out and said, if the Florida legislature passes that bill, we're going to boycott the state. Well, not only did we pass that bill with the leadership of this legislature and this bold governor and Ron DeSantis, but we put another provision in, a, in law that said that if they boycott us, we boycott them, that the state universities will not be able to use taxpayer dollars to be members of the NCAA. And you know what happened? You know how many events they canceled and boycotted in the state of Florida? Zero. And that's because we had a governor and a legislature who stood up to them, who said, no, that the, the priority here is to protect women's sports. In this case, protect kids and to protect the taxpayers as it relates to these special districts. God dang it, we live in weird times. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. But I like Florida's strategy. I think that's great. Um... Let's see. There was one more. Ben Dominich. I liked his comment on it. Uh, 62, Michael. Look, the Republican Party has for a long time been very vulnerable to the accusation that that as much as it talks about capitalism and markets, it is in reality a pro-business party, one that is happy to use taxpayer dollars to incentivize business in many different ways. I think taking a stand against that is a genius move on Ron DeSantis' part and one that is going to be emulated by a lot of Republicans with ambitions across the country. Hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with him on that, really. Uh, anyway, uh, but just to uh, to counter this utterly dishonest narrative I'm seeing in a lot of, like the New York Times or the Washington Post had an article saying that there's this conservative trope that kids are being uh, trained to uh, become gender radicals, and it's utterly untrue. I mean, they're just such liars these days. Chris Rufo uh, with a Twitter thread, the Evanston Skokie School District, that's in uh, sh- suburban Chicagoland, right outside the city, has adopted a radical gender curriculum that encourages pre-K through third grade students to celebrate the transgender flag, break the gender binary established by white colonizers. What? These are no, all quotes this can't from be pre-K true. through three. This can't an experiment be true. with neo-pronouns such as Z, Zir, and tree this can't be true it's a hundred percent true he's as usual he publishes all of it right here to look at what are the neo pronouns well it's like z-e-z-i-r and tree they said i don't i have no i haven't run into tree uh in pre-kindergarten pre-k now the children are taught an introduction to the rainbow and transgender flags teachers then provide the basic concepts of gender identity explaining that quote we call people with more than one gender or no gender non-binary or queer in kindergarten the teacher explains this is from the actual curriculum when we show whether we feel like a boy or girl or some of each we are expressing our gender identity there are also children who feel like a girl and a boy or like neither a boy or a girl we can call these children transgender i would keep my kid home from school and let them learn by reading magazines and watching tv before i would let them go to that school the kin- it's an entire school district, and I guarantee you there are giant swaths of the country in blue states that are teaching this stuff, too. The kindergartners read books that affirm transgender conversions, look at photographs of boys in dresses, and perform a rainbow dance. At the end of the lesson, the students are encouraged to share their own gender identities with the class. Your identity is for you to decide. 
They are trying desperately to instill their radical beliefs on your children and to drive a wedge between parents and children. It is insidious. Wow. Fight it. (sighs) Wow, that is something. In third grade, students are told that white European colonizers imposed their Western and Christian ideological framework on racial minorities and forced two-spirit people to conform to the gender binary. The teacher encourages them to break the binary. USA Today is taking a look at learning loss, which is a serious problem for incoming college students, apparently. Armstrong and Getty. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS. 292230 Equal housing lender Federally insured by NCUA Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes For a limited time only enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR 6.139% APR With these exclusive lower rates you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home Financing provided by Victor Mortgage LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.